Pulp MX Network production. Thanks for all the support, Pulp MX fans. The Pulp MX app is now available for both iPhone and Android-based phones. For all your moto needs, shop at btosports.com and use the current discount code PULPMX. And don't forget to click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com when purchasing anything from Amazon. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by RacerX, presented by BTOSports.com and ThorMX. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by ThorMX. Our friends at uh, ThorMX, the official gear of choice of Adam Cincirillo and uh, Ryan Villapoto, among others, ThorMX.com. And, of course, BTOsports.com. We love them. They're uh, big fans and, and sponsors of this podcast, and they make it happen. BTOsports.com for uh, some of the best stuff out there. You can get your ThorMX at BTOsports.com. All right, Monster Energy Cup wrap-up. It's been a while. Since we did one of these things, uh, I'm your host, Steve Mathis. With me on the line is uh, a former top privateer of the sport, um, a longtime racer, two-time German Supercross champion, and uh, an all-around good guy, Jason Wygant. What's up? That's right. It was a good career. Gave it a heck of a run. It was. And uh, the RacerX online editor, former flagman at English Town, Jason Thomas. I am the Monster Cup Review. Fantastic. Uh, I may have screwed those intros up. I'll check in my my notes. Before we get too far into this, JT, uh, great breakdown today on Racer X, by the way. Uh, fantastic uh, look at the race and everything. I happened, wanted to know if you happened to check through the comments at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I do, but uh, it's whatever. You, I write what I think, and did you, you don't like it. Did you see whatever. this one? This was maybe my favorite. Uh Seems like the person that rode around like it was a Sunday trail ride for a career likes the slowdown. <laughs> that would be you, JT. That's fine. You, you you rode around like it was a Sunday trail ride for a career. Yeah, there's a lot of stupid people in this world, and that's, unfortunately, many of them comment on there. That's one hell of a trail ride that you're on. I I must say. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we could do our we could do a. A few-hour review on just comments of various articles we've all written. What what makes someone say that? Uh, stupidity and jealousy. Okay. Um, I would say mostly mostly jealousy. I really. I don't think it's jealousy. No, I, I think I think that they have no clue. They have no idea. Stupidity. Yeah, I think yeah. it's stupid. Uh, I just yep. think it's a lot of hate. Like they're. Obviously unhappy, and they're why? Why else? I mean, I, I don't claim to be good like that. If you know me, you know that I don't claim to be good. No, none of your articles come across like uh, you know. Hey, I was so fast. On the other hand, though, yeah, you but were, just in my in my right. personality too, I don't ever claim to be wasn't. I wasn't great. I wasn't. You know what I mean? I, that's the first thing I tell people. No, but they I, don't know. I, these people don't know your personalities. They only know you off your articles. But even in your articles, you state many times clearly. I was just a privateer. I'm not on Chad Reed's level or Ryan Villapoto's level, but this is what I think. So yeah, and I try to keep my riding even out of it. The riding, my riding is not even involved. It's just as you know, right? Being a part of the sport for thirty plus years now, um, yeah, that this is my opinion. You know, it doesn't have anything to do with my racing. I just am basically giving my opinion on what I saw from my perspective and my experience. 
right. It doesn't. It doesn't really bother me. I mean, people are gonna. I love attack it. you for whatever you do. I love it. Um, Monster Energy Cup. Well, again, just to clarify, I did get those introductions wrong. And you are the Racer X online editor, correct? I am the uh, AIM Expo, actually, is what I am. Okay, what were you doing not at the Monster Cup and at this dealer show expo thing? What What's going on? Who's the supervisor that I need to talk to, um, to to try to figure out why you were not there? It's a very big thing for the industry. Very big. First ever show. Put some videos together. It was very big. So you, you were happy with this decision? I didn't really mind because uh, I got to do something different. And uh, I'm watching the race right now on a DVR, and I watched it live Saturday night. So, hey, all good. Man, ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, yep. Chase Stallow was there. He did a good job. did a fine job and all that. But, uh, you know, i got to send you. I have to admit, when I went to Monster Cup last year, and, and you got to tell me if this is still the case, it really had, like, a fun vibe to it, like, much more fun than the other races. Um, that's what I noticed, like, in the pits even. Like, because if guys have a crap race, they don't really care. It doesn't really mean anything. Mm-hmm. And then if guys have a good race, they're pumped. So, like, everybody in the end was in a pretty good mood. Is that what you got out of this? Um, I don't know. You know, I flew in from Hawaii, from LAX on Saturday morning. Didn't you don't even the, know where you're at. Didn't go to the track to 11. Didn't do, have a whole lot of bro down time. JT maybe can answer that better. Uh, I would agree. I think it's all. I think it's been like that. Even back going back to U.S. Open days, it, it was like that. Yeah. Uh, I know that was you know. Here we go. Me talking about racing, but I know I felt that way when I raced it. It was just much more low key, no pressure. Everybody had been gone for at least a month from the races. It was nice to kind of get back and see your friends again. And uh, a lot of times there was new bikes, and you know. I don't know, just a different atmosphere and a lot less on the line than the typical grind of the season. Uh, I'll tell you what, uh, Weege, I mean, everything happened that could have happened. It was starting gates not working, people not taking joker lanes, big, huge crashes, unexpected winner, uh, amateur all-star takeout for the win at the end. Um, Yeah, wow. What it was? It was a race, JT. It was... You were with me in the press box. Uh, it was it was a little bit surreal. You're wondering what is going on and what is going to go on next. Well, yeah, I think everybody was kind of on some level looking around at each other like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> right. Yeah, just very strange. What was Very it like? strange course of events. What was it like watching it on TV, Weege? Was that sort of the prevailing uh, attitude? Man, the, the starting game malfunctions, I couldn't believe it because – uh, we'd actually done some research. We do the programs for the event, and uh, our man Aaron Hansel is really tight with one of the dudes that actually works on the track and is in charge of that. So he had all this info that we even put on the site about how there's no, 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 no way that's going to happen again this year. They've got a new setup and fail safes. And oh no so way! I oh, I didn't even know that. that. I didn't even read that or know this. Oh, so yeah, I think it was in. Uh, I think he put it in Racerhead. I think that's what it was. I think we put it in Racerhead last week that they had this new electronic system, and then beyond that, they had a manual system, so there was no chance of a problem. Right. Last year they had a problem. This year they had two problems. Now, I think the, the, what led to all this, I believe, was uh, because last year they switched to a manual system, and it's literally like they just like yeah. turn this wheel and it pulls two you know, steel cables, and I'm like, how could that malfunction? But remember, um, I think it was Stuart that tweeted last year, like if you watch real closely, the two gates didn't drop. At exactly the same time? Yes. 
So I think it was trying to engineer to make sure the gates dropped perfectly, which made them want to do it electronically. That obviously led to the problem. Well, he he tweeted it again this year, and again they didn't drop at the same time. Oh. Yes, he, no. he did a screenshot. Thank you, James Stewart. I'm sure the guys at Feld are great fans of that. Um, I, you know, I guess I would guess that they switched to the manual after the second failure. And I guess, right. again, they don't have them quite dropping correctly at the same time. Do, JT, did you happen to see that? The James Stewart debacle? Yeah, yes. Uh, yeah, I saw it. Okay, do you he think... He was hinting at a conspiracy theory, which was... Completely oh, ridiculous. I didn't. Get, I didn't get the conspiracy, but I did get the photo. Um, yeah, I, I don't believe for a second it's conspiracy. Well, but, he. Was, I think the prevailing idea was that both monster riders were on the one side that dropped earlier. Uh, that was what I read. Yeah. I remember reading. Um, uh, it just seems silly to me. Like, okay, I, I'm pretty sure they were trying to get them both down at the same time. Here's the question, though, JT. Do you think that that what you saw the difference in the photo does that matter? Would that help or hurt? Uh, I mean, if they don't fall at the same time? Well, they're falling so fast. You know what I mean? Like, is it? Uh, I don't think it would matter, no. Okay. Yeah. I don't think so either. Just you're, somebody's reaction time and then the speed of the gate falling. And sure, you can capture it on a screenshot, you know. But I don't know if that would really affect the start. But maybe. If, a gate, if one gate drops like a split second before the other, right? They race together. You're still only all, all you're able to do is get the whole shot amongst the nine other people you're lined up against, right? Mm-hmm. And then you get to a corner, and then you funnel in with the other side of the gate. So if you did everything exactly the same as another guy on the other side of the gate, which is ridiculous, like you'd launch perfectly, hook up mm-hmm. perfectly, each corner you would do exactly the same. All that means is you would enter that part where they come together a split second behind. Once that half a wheel. Yeah, yeah. It really make that right, much of a difference? Right, yeah. Like you would get a second place start maybe instead of the whole shot. Yeah, right. I think the fact there's too many other factors at play for it to be an you know, an overriding determining type factor. Um I was very surprised that it failed the second time. They clearly didn't go to the manual um deal for the second one, and that maybe is a little inexcusable. Come on, guys. But to their defense, it dropped great for the L C Q. And they did four practice runs during the day, and it worked fine every time. So what we're hearing, did you guys hear, like, a mechanic was in the, on the sensor or somebody was standing on the sensor? Is that – did you guys hear that? Yeah, I heard that too. I don't know. And he, yeah. I, I feel bad because I think – well, Steve, you run a show right here, like, right now. I mean, we've all been, in, I think, in those situations, like – you, people are the first thing people are going to say is, "Don't you test this stuff?" And right. I guarantee you they tested it, and I'm guaranteeing you it worked every time. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but but yeah. having said that, I mean, okay, so you have a failure that sucks, and just like last year, don't don't go to the manual. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. Don't do it again. But they did. So yeah, I, I don't know. That was that was. But you know, thankfully for them, for the guys that failed, uh, there was so much other stuff going on, like. That was forgotten about. That was just, you know, uh, yeah, nobody really focused on that too much. Uh, JT, I know some of this stuff we covered on the Pulp Mech show last night, but let's just do it for our listeners if there are any guys that don't listen. As a rider, how do you miss the Joker lane? Uh, yeah, like I said, I thought you just go straight instead of turning right. 
Um, <laughs> no, I, obviously, I think I think both situations where it happened were a little bit different. Uh, I think Ryan Dungey just completely forgot the Joker Lane existed in that in that moment mm-hmm. because I, I truly feel he didn't have any idea what had actually occurred until Ryan Villapoto reminded him. Yes. So uh, I think that Villapoto was a little bit different. I'm not totally sure. He he says that he thought he had another lap. I think he try, almost tried to make it and couldn't stop. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once he was past, he just like, all right, well, you know, screw it at this point. I just got to try to win the race and he'll lose five spots or whatever. Right. And then that, I think that lack of concentration probably contributed to his crash as well. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but, yeah, it goes yeah. back to kind of what I wrote about today is these guys are so programmed to do what they do that that joker lane really throws a wrench into their, you know, that yeah. programming, their that, that race, you know, mindset, tunnel vision type deal that, that everybody has going on. Yeah. What do you think, Weech? I mean, I'm, I was blown away that Dungey forgot it. And then, you know, of course uh, – the jokes were coming for Villapoto, except he was laying unconscious, so it was tough to start making jokes about it. Um, what do you think? Yeah, we did actually get called out. The racetrack Twitter got called out. And that was me. Uh, I, yeah. Yeah, and then I actually responded to the guy. Oh, you did? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, double standard, you guys make fun of Dungy, but then when Villapoto does it, you don't say anything. And I wrote back, the guy's laying on the track motionless. It's probably not the most important thing to joke about right now. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. We, we would have only had about 13 seconds to get the jokes in. Not even. Before the guy was yeah. laid out. Yeah, not even. Probably five. So while he's on the – was this WWF? He's laying on the ground, and we're going to talk shit on him? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get <laughs> up! Get up! Down goes Ryan! I will Ryan. second moto. <laughs> you know, he was in a battle with Stewart, and he kind of made a mistake on that <clears throat> Anzoil arch before the finish mm-hmm. as the white flag was coming out. So – to me, it's somewhat believable that he made a mistake and was like, crap, i got to regroup. i got to get this back. How far away is he? What do i got to do? And mm-hmm. that, that, then he was going over the finish line jump and maybe missed it. I don't know if they had a two-lap board or not. No, um, no. And didn't. apparently uh, pit boards were doing nothing just after KTM team. <laughs> they said that they were telling Dungy every single lap. Yeah. So I yeah. could see, if they don't have a two-lap board, I could see how Villapoto did that. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Um I mean, I thought at first glance, like JT said, I thought for sure it was he couldn't make the corner. Like, he and Stewart were going in together. The Joker lane's not really designed for two riders to go in at the same time. I thought he just blew the corner. But I kind of watched him go over the finish when that white flag came out. I'm like, yeah, I could see how he'd miss that. Um, still, though, you know, I mean, oh. as a former mechanic, this just reemphasizes how important we are Oh yeah. with the pit boards. And maybe you guys should pay a little more attention to us. I honestly don't think you could see it. I don't think they could see no, it very well. No, you could. Well. I, I talked to, to G- Jimmy Albertson about it. You could see it. I'm sure you could see it. Like, it's not like it was, they were behind a, you know, a plywood wall or anything. I just think maybe it was difficult to actually see it. Well, you got to figure that out, man. You got one well, thing- when you're in the heat of battle or you're, like, really focused on chasing someone, a lot of times you don't look. Wow. You know what you have to do. Yep. There's no wor- you're not worried about how much time you're down or any of that because you know. It doesn't, lap times don't well, matter at then, that point. You either catch the guy or you don't. Okay, well, then you need to remember that the one thing you need to do all races is take a joker lane. I agree. I was just making the point that maybe the pit board wasn't on their mind because pit boards right. do a lot of things. They give information, uh, tell you position, all that stuff. But in that situation for both Ryan Bilpoto and Dungey, 
they didn't need tons of information. Yeah, they're vital. You know, you know what they're I mean? vital to a racer's success. I can't you're, believe we're getting analysis of the heat of battle and pushing the pace of a dude who Sunday trail rode through his career. Yeah, me neither, right? Yeah, exactly. You probably stopped to read the pit board. How was your I did. I did. <laughs> actually read it so well that it told me to pull off, and I actually followed direction. How was your How was your uh, Camelback? Was it good enough while you were trail riding out there? Was it cold enough? Um, how else are you riders going to know when to breathe if it wasn't for a pit board? B R E E T H. Yep. <laughs> Don't forget to breath. Right, right. Breath also, yes. Um, uh, the, the Joker Lane, did anybody miss it at all last year? That's the part that perplexes me more than anything else. It worked fine the first time. I don't think anybody missed it. Uh, I, had, I don't get it. They I had did an, it once and it was fine. I had an email. A guy emailed me and said, Nick Way missed the Joker Lane. I, I never saw him took it. I don't know why this guy was paying attention to Nick wow. Way, uh, Nick. you know, who was an 18th or whatever. We had Nick Way on the Pulp Show, and he said, nah, bro, I took it first lap every time because I was so okay. far back. Um, <laughs> but this guy swears Nick Way missed it, so I don't, I don't know. Uh, um, I did actually watch Nick take it one time because he was way back. <laughs> right. On the, he was like last on the start, so he just went. Um, I do remember last year when it was new saying, do they really have someone visibly watching all 20 look, dudes? But didn't I hit, did they, I thought last year that they said they actually put a transponder in it. I can't remember. If they did have someone watching, and they're from uh, an organization that rhymes with Shmay and May, <laughs> I still don't believe, trust them, you know what I mean? I still don't believe it. I still don't be like, oh, that's lock. Lock that in. Like JT, right? Like, <laughs> Well, I know Paul Lindsay was standing down there, and during his mid-race reports, he was, uh, he would mention when guys went, so I think he was... Unofficially, Unofficially, kind of keeping tally. Um, we're all, yeah. Uh, look, uh, we covered this, some some of this in the pulp show last night. Um, Weege, so let's talk. Let's talk with you. Would you put any of these things into Supercross, the Joker Lane three ten lappers? Would you do any of that? All of it, bro. Me too. Me too. Oh yeah, all of it. I don't. The split start. <laughs> I don't think the split start brings enough to the event to be worth the risk. I don't think it really – I mean, it looks cool, but I don't think it really changes things up. Like, results-wise, it makes very little difference. So, I don't care about that. That's not worth the risk. But the 310 lappers and the joker lane, yeah. two thumbs up. Yeah, why wouldn't they – why couldn't they have, like, uh, at four races, uh, a joker lane and 310 lappers? Or two races have uh, 310 lappers and two races have a joker lane, different rate. Like, whatever, like – Switch it now up. I'm going to anticipate the arguments against these things. I already know I can anticipate the arguments, and I'm going to, dro- I'm going to drop them right now. I'm going to knock them out. First argument is, dude, passing should happen on the track and not uh, in some stupid joker lane. That's fine, but passing doesn't happen. It doesn't. Out of 17 races every year, out of 24 motos outdoors, how many of them are actually good? How many of them are actually exciting? Like 25%. Most of the time, they're yawners. Uh, three races here, everyone was a battle down to the last lap. Even Barsha was only a second and a half behind at the end of the second mm-hmm. race. We saw Dungey and Villapoto what happened crazy at the end of their race. And, uh, I, mean, t- I mean, basically, Villapoto and Stewart had their battle and their problem on the last lap. And then the last lap of the third race, Dungey was right on Stewart. All three races right down to the wire partially because of strategy in the joker lane or because it was only 10 laps and they couldn't pull away. That's awesome. 
Now, you could say, hey, but that means that weirdo luck has something to do with it. Um, watch any other sport or motorsport. Luck plays a huge part. Luck already plays a huge part in motocross and supercross. It's not that crazy. Yeah. No, I'm all about like, it. You get taken out in a first-turn crash. That's also luck. Yeah. Like, that's the way racing goes. Yeah. Dan Bentley and Nick Way both on the show last night. Pulp Show didn't agree with doing it. Um, myself and Jimmy Why is that? Albertson. What's their argument? Let me yeah, guess. Yeah. Racing should happen on the track. Right. Yeah. Just old school. I'm old school. You know. Well, we every form of motor racing, MotoGP, F1, NASCAR, IndyCar, um, adapts and changes and 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 does things. And every spick and, stick and ball sport does it. But uh, yeah. we just don't do anything. Nope. We're just sitting there, just doing the same old things. So, which I'd be fine with. If the racing was nail-biting, unbelievable, yeah. awesome all the time. But more than half of the races, the people go home disappointed because they didn't get to see the battle they wanted to see. Yeah. So you really think it's not broken? Don't fix it? Oh, yeah. I mean, look at our bikes. are, are They're 60 horsepower, and they're still 67 feet triples. <laughs> 64 feet. No matter what, do not change it. You know, like, well, I, don't, I don't understand. I blame that exclusively on Chad Reed. Exclusively. Why? Do you remember they brought a quad in? Like for a couple of weeks, I think yeah. it was 2010. Yeah, Reed right. was out injured. Houston. He came in. Houston, yeah. Went crazy on it on Twitter. The quad was gone. The quad never returned. Oh, and then he had someone stand in some whoops in Toronto that looked really challenging and awesome. Who did that? I don't know. Go stand over there. All right. And then just I'm shit. Trail rider. Just shit storm. Just massive shit storm. Um, uh, there's, it comes a time when if you're – Giuseppe Luongo or Bill France or Bernie Ecclestone or Bud That's the guy from Weekend of Bernie's? Yes, or, or, or Bud Selig. You just do this. You just you have a vision, you think it's better, you do it, and you just you just do it. And and, and if it doesn't work, you go back. But uh we you know, we have too many people in uh in everybody's ears. So yeah. How long have we been doing this podcast? How many minutes has it been running? Twenty one. 21 minutes. We've talked about split starts. We talked about Joker Lane. We had more stuff to talk about. More excitement, more dynamic stuff, more cool stuff. That's what every fan of every sports want, wants. More conjecture, more to talk yes. about. We uh, have very little to think about in the sport. It's pretty much like you get a good start, and if you're faster, you win the race. Wow. Yeah. Let's dive, let's dive in. JT, is there a rider, and this is just, I'm just bringing this on you, but is there a rider – that comes to the top of your mind, whose results would improve from where they are now if we went to three ten lappers. I know it's off James top of your head. Okay. So Stewart would be more of a factor. Uh, uh yep. Okay. I believe so, yep. so the winningest heat race rider in of all time, yes, I believe would benefit from so, more heat race style races. How about if we went to like three ten lappers and at those four races a guy like James Stewart, average points are twenty two. And then you go to the 20 lappers, and his average points are 16. And then we as uh, media guys and the fans can look at it and analyze it and go, wow, like James is really good at this, and he's not so good at this, and, and he needs these formats, and, oh, he'll be good tonight because of this format. Like That is intrigue. That is excitement. Yes. So, You mean like any other sport? Yes, thank you. Thank you. Where you're like in motorsports, these guys are better on these types of tracks. These cars are better on these types of tracks. Right. This quarterback's better in cold weather. This quarterback's better in warm weather. This guy's better on grass. This guy's better on turf. Right. Or like we do, this guy's better on hard pack. It's really no different. We, his mother was a mother. We just, uh, no, we just talk about the, this guy just really wants it. Yeah. This guy just really yeah. wants it more. Learned it more. Yep. He just wants it more. 
than everybody else. He trained else. harder. Yeah. Yeah, we trained harder. Uh, yeah. Weech, how was the TV broadcast? Were you satisfied with it? Ralph was back. Here's one thing that uh, I noticed with the 10-lap thing, which, which actually could lead to a problem. Um, I felt like watching on TV, I had much less of an idea of what had gone on. Like, there were some riders I felt like I never saw. Like, I never, like, I don't know if Brock Tickle was ever on TV. <laughs> Josh Grant. Oh, yeah. Hold on a second. He, Hold on. He started second on the oh, first okay, I saw restart. That. And he was oh, I saw that. literally and, trying to do push-ups on his bike. He was yeah, okay. Like, uh, almost smashing his face on the handlebars. He finally yeah, right. got the start. And, and uh, what, I just had to stop you there, Weech, because... I've spoke to two different people about the races who were like, I didn't even see Brock Tickle. And then he got like eighth. And I'm like, that's Brock Tickle. That is what we were at the race. And you didn't notice Brock Tickle. Uh, and then you look in the results and he got eighth, which is fine. Or what, what, hold on. I got the results in front of me. He got uh seventh. Sorry. Seventh. Even better. Uh, you're, you didn't notice him live. We so don't worry. Yeah. Well, okay. That, Tickle, that is true, is usually in that, like, 7 to 11 group, and that doesn't always right. get you noticed. Uh, I, Josh Grant actually, I think, had the first hole shot on the side that did drop. He also was never seen again. I think Seeley got fifth in the third race. I don't think he was seen yeah, fifth. Dean Wilson wasn't much of a factor except for when he crashed, and they showed that. Yeah, he got a yeah. fifth and a sixth. So I was trying to figure out why that was. I'm like, why do I feel like I saw more of the leaders than usual and less of the other guys? And I think that is the problem with the 10-lapper. The race up front doesn't string out, and the producers don't get bored and say, uh, okay, the closest battle on the track is 12th right now. We're going to have to show it. Um, so I, I could – that was one thing I thought that the 10 laps maybe but, wait a minute. lead to. But if okay. it means that you have Stuart Villapoto battling to the last lap, that's probably not bad. But wait a minute, Weege. You know what's coming yeah. back next year, right? Semis. I, yes. Yes. So spotlight on them. There is right. some there is some exposure for a guy like Brock Tickle who, who would think that he could be a very good uh possible semi race winners. So you're absolutely right, three ten lappers, you're you're not focusing on as many guys. Um but you got the semis back. So Yeah, which would which would do that nicely if the Heat don't see that many guys. Yeah. I don't know how they're gonna do it. Yeah. No, they're gonna do uh top four in heats and then they're evens in, in one semi and odds in the other. And yep. twenty-two man gates, so oh, twenty-two oh. man gates for both both classes. They're trying. At least they're changing something. Yeah, that's something. I applaud them. I do applaud them. I know. In talking to Dave Prater, um, the Joker Lane, the Ten Lappers, all that stuff is being talked about. A different point system. It's being talked about. It's being discussed. They want to do it now. Whether we're open enough, and the teams, and I guess the teams and OEMs are. Ready for it? We'll see. But uh, I hope so. God, I hope so. So I don't believe lack of change in either Supercross or Motocross is due to the promoters of either series. It's the participants that don't want to change stuff. Right. I'll go to my grave believing that. Um, so the important thing. So what else on the TV show, Weege? What, what? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there was that. Um, I'm going to get in trouble here. I'm going to get in trouble here. Well, and look, the announcer's performance during these amateur races was atrocious. I agree. I I, 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 I was so upset. These listen, guys, because as we said, it sounds loaded. It sounds like I'm after their job, and that's why I'm saying it. But I, I look, it, I'm not after their job. No on. one would put a tubby guy like me in the booth. I'm not after their job. It was atrocious. I I was getting so angry because my buddy Donk was here that my wife told me to calm down. 
she told me to calm down because I was yelling at Donk, yelling at Donk about listen to these guys, listen. Yeah, I, I mean, I like these guys. They're all cool. Like Carmichael has hooked me up with interviews when he didn't need to do it. I've never had a problem with the dude. I'm not like you. He never threatened to shoot me. But come on, bro, you own a team. You are now running a team, and you're trying to sign riders. It was obvious that he knew pretty much nothing about any of these guys, which to me, if you're a team owner, I can, okay, hey, you're the third guy in the booth. You're just a guest. It's not your full-time gig. It's an amateur race. Let Fro and, and, and Ralph handle it. But he's running a team. But Knows nothing. He did throw in at the end that he knew the Hampshire family because they're from Florida. Maybe that's true. But just in general, man. No, they knew nothing. No, it just goes back to what we were saying, you know, about about them not doing homework outside of three or four teams and not mentioning team sponsors, which they did get better at, and they did a much better yep. job. And Fro did. Fro didn't seem to pin it on us. He just thought his Twitter followers magically started asking him to do that, which was good for us because we're yeah, all we buddies. got away with it. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, because we got away with it because we're all buddies with Fro. He's a great guy, and he's yeah, he's I like all those up. guys. I really don't need. Here's the problem, like. I should have a problem with Ralph. Oh, I want his job, whatever. But he's he's fine. Like he's a cool guy. I I, I don't want to hate on him. He likes but... heavy metal a little too much. <laughs> too much. Too much. I mean, he likes really? Skid Row with a new singer and Warrant with new people. It doesn't matter to Ralph. Wow. You know that's that's impressive. So, but you can tell they didn't know what's going on. And here's the thing: whenever I say these things, people always say, "Yeah, but you follow the sport." Yeah, but in any other sport, if you're a professional. That shouldn't be an except. That shouldn't be the. That shouldn't be an exception. That's the rule, and it's not really that hard. Like, here's a technique I used to get through school for years. All you need to do is know a tiny bit and volunteer that information, and they assume you know a ton. If you could find out a little bit of information on four of the riders <laughs> in that amateur race right, and right. drop all four of those nuggets, yeah. And I'm not talking about reading a sheet of paper saying you know his sister, he has two sisters and a dog, which they did. Right. I'm talking, okay, Jordan Smith rides for Geico. Walk over to the Geico truck. Hey, LaRocco, hey, my shack, somebody give me some info on Jordan Smith. What's he like? Oh, he's, he rides a gnarly sand track for practice. Boom, you drop that. It looks like you did your work. Now, you might not know 20 things, but you know four, and people assume there was just more you didn't get in. It's that easy. That's what bums me out. It's not even hard. I was, uh, when I was yelling at Donk, it was during the super mini race. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, like if I'm if I'm a parent or a sponsor of one of those kids that's making the big time, I'm just going, oh my god, my kid can't get mentioned, he can't get talked about, you know. It's your job. It's your job to find this stuff out. Troy Aikman can tell us all about the third third string offensive lineman, you know, um, that comes into a game. And Troy Aikman's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, but he does he does some work, he does some homework, he figures it out. Our if you guys, watch a couple practice sessions, you. You would have saw there were probably like what three or four like pretty good Kawasaki super mini riders, right? Yeah. So go over one of the Kawasaki trucks. Say, hey, who can I talk to about the amateur guys? You talk to him for twenty minutes. You got enough nuggets information on four riders to sound knowledgeable. It's really not hard. Yeah, was, it really is. I was yeah. like I said, my wife told me to calm down. So yeah, I, uh, um, it's it's definitely something that I feel could be better. No doubt about it. Um, and it goes I'm going to throw one more here while I'm going on this rant that's going to get me in trouble. Yeah. In the second amateur all-star race, they didn't mention that that was the battle for the overall in the last lap until the pass crash happened. Yeah. 
I mean, at that point, you literally would have a sheet of results from the first race in your hands. Too, bu- like, too busy and, uh, making fun of each other. Too busy of cracking, uh, cracking jokes on each other. Well, okay, you're in a situation where you don't have much to talk about. I mean, 30-second chunks were going by without them saying anything. So you'd be like, <laughs> what can I come up with? What can I come up with? There well, was let me a, look at the results from the first race. There was a lot of dead air. There was a lot of dead air. There was a lot of dead air. So why not look at the notes and be like, what else can I come up with? Wait, let me look at the results from the first race. Hey, the guy that finished second and third and the guy that finished first and fourth, holy crap, that's the battle for the overall. You, I don't even get it. I don't even get it. Do you, is the producers, are they high-fiving each other in the hallway and going, yes, nailed it? Are they, like, <laughs> are they? I don't think so. Is this cool? Is this, like, you know? I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I'm just a tubby, tubby media guy. But Part of me feels like um, <clears throat> this is sad, but I think it's, like, uh, it infects it. Like, I think the assumption is, hey, they're amateurs. Nobody really knows anything about them. What do you expect? Like, I think, I think it's just thought of like that's, that's the best that you could do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, mm. So I, I think a lot of these things we wonder, like, how is it possible that, you know, people, how, how could people be high-fiving? I don't think they know that it could be better. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. All right. Are you done, Weech? Anything else you want to do? Any other bridges you want yeah, to burn? Yeah, just edit all. Just edit all that out. I want, mean, what, edit all out. You just want to burn a bridge while you get out. Um, yeah, just change it. Hey, uh, in related news, English Town now open, now accepting flagger applications. <laughs> so, just thought I'd pass that on. Um, I just missed K Rock. It's over. <laughs> uh, so let's get JT back in here. Um, so one of the things, so one of the questions for you, JT, is. Why was James Stewart equal to Ryan Villapoto, if not better? Why was he able to be so good? Uh, well, I think a few things. I think James Stewart's always really good in Vegas, for one. He's always excelled there, the dirt, uh, the environment, that track. Whatever it is, he, he always seems to ride well there. His results have always been really good, uh, whether it's the Supercross in May or the U.S. Open or, you know, obviously that was his first Monster Cup, but history says he's going to be fast there. Um, and then I think he's, you know, he's, he seems healthy, uh, which he, he kind of stated that he felt, you know, felt good and, and felt strong. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then I just think the, I think the 10 laps, 10 lap format suits him. You know, we kind of already talked about that, but, you know, he is, He's deadly in heat races. He always has been. So you put it in his mindset that that's he's got three heat races, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit longer than that. I think uh, confidence confidence goes a long way. Um, how about that pass uh, going out of the stadium? Yeah, it was impressive. Oh. Honestly, those, that, they were taking that those they were both taking those same lines mm-hmm. both times. Uh, Bill Potter was coming up the inside, and then would drift out. Um, like he would accelerate really hard in there, and then you could tell it was tough for him to make the turn as he was climbing that rise, where Stewie would swing wide, uh, set up a bit more, and then kind of cut across it with a little bit more momentum. Uh-huh. So the the pass makes sense given their their lines they've been taking every lap. I was actually a little bit surprised since Villapoto had been behind him every time that Villapoto kind of didn't see that retaliation coming, but. Uh, I mean, James has always been really, really good at passing. I mean, he's that's uh, honestly that's why he's so so deadly in heat races is that he can get to the front in a hurry. 
It was a beautiful pass. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was impressive. I mean, it was it was actually really good to see James fight back. I know he has at times. He fought pretty hard at Redbud. Yeah. Um, he fought obviously fought Trey really hard at Millville, but uh, it was good. So, I mean, the, the, I mean, I, I, a lot of, a lot of people on Twitter, a lot of people were very excited. At all this, the reigning yellow guy, um, big fan on the Pulp Show. You're not. And I, and I don't think you are, but you're not taking this Monster Cup for anything other than a one race thing. This doesn't, this isn't 2014 to you at all. This isn't going to be what we're seeing. Like, you're not too early for this, right? Well, yes and no. I think if James is healthy uh, in Supercross, which, you know, we never really did find out what the real story was if he was hurt before the season or if he actually did get hurt in the first practice at Anaheim or what the situation was there. But it didn't really ever seem like James was 100% last year, right? Um, so if he if he is 100%, I think he can be in the fight. But if you had to force me to choose a winner over 17 races, I you know I still think Ryan Villapoto is the fastest guy on Saturday, and I think he'll be the fastest guy come Anaheim. Hey, and with that, let's go to uh, let's go to commercial break here on the uh, BTOSports.com RacerX podcast show presented by Thoramex. Listen to these commercials and uh, support us so we can keep talking. Thanks, guys. The Racer X podcast show is brought to you by BTOsports.com. Whether you are looking for new gear, helmets, boots, or you need to rebuild your bike from the ground up, BTO is your source for all of your motocross needs. As a proud sponsor of the BTO Sports KTM race team and the heart of the BTO Sports amateur motocross team, it is obvious that we are about more than being just a store. We support the sport that supports us. us. We at BTO Sports want to give back to you, the listener, for supporting us and the Racer X podcast show. Use coupon code PULPMX when placing your order at BTOsports.com for a VIP listener discount. Certain brand restrictions will apply. For 2013, JT Racing enters its next generation with the all-new Evolve Light, ProTech, Enduro, and Limited Edition collections, taking quality and innovation to a whole new level. Also available in youth sizes, each collection is built with high-grade materials offering its own unique characteristics to meet the demands of today's riders, both recreationally and competitively. To find a dealer or view the entire collection online, log on to JTRacingUSA.com. Championship proven. Many motocross apparel brands make that claim, but only Thor can back it up. As America's first motocross apparel brand, Thor has set the standard for delivering the highest quality performance racewear on the market for the past 45 years. With champions like Ryan Villapoto, Blake Baggett, and Dean Wilson to name a few, our products truly are championship proven. To see all the new 2013 products, visit ThorMX.com or head to your local Thor Parts Unlimited dealer. Thor, the official racewear of Supercross. Weege, what do you think? Are we... We can't take anything from this as far as Stewie. No, I mean, I yeah. saw a lot of people... <clears throat> you know, I was following Twitter and, and Instagram and stuff. I actually even started my own Instagram account for the first time, specifically to be able to follow the race better. Mm-hmm. That's where things are at nowadays. To the you just follow, have a writer like myself, it's all become about photos. You follow Pulp But Max? I digress. You follow, anyway. You follow Pulp Max? Yeah, yeah, I think it was the third person I followed. I tweeted very important things like Jimmy Albertson's top Jimmy helmet and Villapoto's shock. I think I did a food yeah. I think I did a food shot a food shot. 
So, you tweet them or Instagram them? Instagram. I thought that was Instagram. Yeah, okay. Instagram, yeah. Um, anyway, there's a lot of hype after. If this is the way Supercross is going to be in 2014, this is going to be unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, these one-off races have – there's been years where they're duds and the, the, ne- the season's awesome, and there's yeah. been years where they're really good and the season's a dud. I mean, I don't think there's any connection as far as Stewart. I mean, hey, he, he won a race both indoors and out last year. You know, and mm-hmm. show that at the right time and the right moment he could handle Villapoto, but it wasn't just very often. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't think it changes anything. I do say that <clears throat> what's cool about Stewart is I know that his reputation was always just wide open winter crash guy, mm-hmm. but some of the battles he had with Carmichael through the years, uh, some of the races he won when they were, you know, 20 laps yeah. down to the wire, yeah. he won some of those races with some, with some racecraft. I know that no one would ever want to think that he actually was riding smart against Carmichael. No, Stewart was just reckless and out of control. But I feel like that finding a line, figuring out a way to make it happen, um, I feel like that happened. He, he's well, yeah, no, he's I mean, look racing at the, a dirt bike a long time. He's not a complete idiot when it comes to figuring out passes and figuring out lines. Look at the race that Ricky hit the boat. That was that was Ricky trying to step it up, you know, with James James. James riding okay, you know, riding in control. Yeah, I mean, there's just races where he's had bad starts, and he's, like right. JT said, he just knows how to get to the front. He's he's probably a much craftier racer than he gets credit for because he's just known as being wide open, but he's been racing for a long time. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's learned something of the year. So yeah. it was good to see that those skills are still there. Like, how many people really would get passed by Villapoto and figure out, all right, I'm just going to use this line, this line, and this line, and I'm going to get him right back, right, not even right, worried about it. Right. Good to see he still has it. I still don't think, though, in a 17-race series, it's because it's weird. I think we've seen enough guys hang around long in the sport where you can kind of put the pattern together. The first thing that goes is the ability to do it every week. It's not the raw speed. You know, Wyndham, the last couple years, was no longer a title contender, but there were maybe, what, three or four weekends a year where you're like, whoop, he's got it. Yeah. He's on. And I think that's what you're maybe seeing potentially with Stewart now. Sometimes the trail rider, you'd be like, oh, the trail rider's on it. He's on. He's on it this week. Yeah, ditch the hand guards on the tank. and. Um, I think Stewart, though, because he's struggled the last few years, don't you feel like people got good – people, I think, were refreshed to see him win. I think people were happy to see him win. I think so. JT, JT, what do you think? I got that vibe, but then again, I was talking to the Suzuki guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think – any kind of parody is good for the sport. Um, you know, it doesn't matter if you're Jeremy McGrath or Ricky Carmichael or Chad Reed or James Stewart or Ryan Villapoto. If you win all the time, you're going to develop your own little group of haters and people are going to get sick of you winning. Uh, they just want to see, you know, they want to see good racing. They want to see unpredictability as far as who's going to win. Um, so, yeah, James winning because he hasn't won in so long, yeah, I think it was, uh, you know, a lot of people were really happy, happy to see it. Um, it's funny because this is how our sport works. It's sometimes a little bit like high school. I saw nothing wrong uh, with uh, Stewart and Villapoto's battle, right, JT? Um, nothing. They were playing the little bit of uh, you go slow, I go slow into the corner. I'm going to set you up. I'm going to set you up the game. But I saw nothing wrong. Um, yeah, I thought I was waiting for Villapoto to get really angry. <laughs> right. Um, because I thought James was playing games a little bit. I thought Villapoto made a normal, you know, it wasn't real overly aggressive at all. He made a pretty standard Supercross pass. Um, and then James 
he was maybe playing games a little bit, but I can understand James's theory too. He was just trying to win the race and well had to stop in places. So this but, is this is how our, I saw nothing wrong with it. J, then JT, what you're saying is basically it's, you know borderline, but nothing big. So anyways, so I'm at the Suzuki truck waiting to talk to James, and I'm you know congratulating Mike Webb and, and Leroy and uh, everybody else on, on you know on a good race, and, and they're all good guys and they're friends of ours, and, and they they had a rough year, you know they deserve it. So good for them. So then um, one of the guys tells me that uh, have you talked to the Cowie guys? And I'm like, no, not yet. I haven't gone over there. Um, Oh, I did go over there briefly, but nobody said much, and so I kind of just wandered around. Um, and uh, so, I, but I didn't officially interview anybody. So they go, "Well, they're they're pissed." But do you, did you see anything wrong with it? I'm like, "No, not at all." I mean, I got to watch it again. I said, but it all looked fair to me. It looked like hard, aggressive racing, and and it was awesome. Great ride. It was exciting to watch. And, and they go, "Yeah, yeah, that's what we thought." Wow, Williamson, Mike Williamson was screaming at Big James. Uh, after the race about, you know, being dirty or something. And I'm like, really? Huh. You know, and I've been there as a mechanic and, and, and you know, you get emotional and all that. So so I text Mike Williamson and say, hey, what what was wrong with that race that you were so pissed at? He goes, huh? He's like, I, I yelled at Big James, good race. <laughs> now, now, I don't know, like, Mikey could have, with the 24-hour rule, Mikey could have calmed down and saw nothing wrong with it and just telling me, he said, good race to James. Somehow, like in our high school world, Cow Suzuki guys thinking Mike is super pissed at that dirty race that really wasn't dirty and may have been, and I don't know what this. It just, it, I just had to laugh. I'm like, oh god, I'll never get to this bottom of this. Awesome. So yeah, Mike. Mike just said, yeah, I was telling Big James, big ra- good race. From it was screaming at him or yelling at him because they weren't next to each other. So, and and Mike is friends. He used to so, work for James Stewart, and, and you know he used to work with Big James. When when was this yelling going on? After the race. After the entire race was over. Um, or after the second yeah, most good, main event. Good point. I do not know. I do not know. Because I highly doubt after the second main event, as Ryan Villapoto was laid out, yeah. crawled across the ground, that he was yelling great race across the track at Big James. I could see him yelling other things. Yes. Well, maybe it was after I the highly doubt it was right. that. Well, that, this is why I just said I don't know the real story. I, I, right. And if, if it was after the race entirely and, J, and RB's fine, it's whatever. Right, you right. Know, up, who cares? Let's go home. Yeah. Then maybe I could see. Yeah. But I texted with RV today, and he said he's fine. He's just sore. So. Right. Then he swore at me. So you understand, like that? I think there's a big difference there. On if, yeah, yeah, and that's no, going to no, be your no. determining factor. Yeah, maybe so. I just, I just thought it was funny. It's just like a typical of our sport, you know. I'm like, yeah. God, nobody really knows what was happening. Somebody's mad. Somebody may not be mad. I don't know. Pass me a note. Check the box. You know, it's just like, oh, geez. <laughs> so, um, but I saw. Hey, let me throw one other question out here. Yeah, here's, here's the thing about the ten lapper. Are you, is this a question? Is this a question about the motorcycle dealer show that we were not at? Do you want to talk about that at all? Can you please talk about the new. It was a new. Yeah. Hey, set. how come we're not doing? I don't understand. Here I am going to talk to you guys for over an hour about this. Anything you need to know from the show? <laughs> Why are we not doing two? Podcasts? Well, I do feel sorry. For, hours I, do, I do feel sorry for Will Hahn. He was the lone soldier there. Um, he really was. He. Was, I, I was. I seriously thought that there was a mistake when they said Wilhelm will be signing autographs with the Von Super Boots from 6 to 8 p.m. This is Friday, and I'm like, what? 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 I mean, wasn't this date of the Monster Cup known a long time ago? We decided that it was uh, the Will and the Han was at Monster Cup by Calvin Johnson. We made the decision 
to do these videos, and I wasn't going to Monster Cup in July. So, yeah, it's been known for a while. No, it was Tommy Hahn was signing autographs. Will was at the race. Have you guys seen no, those Calvin John's commercials with PJ? Yeah, they're dumb. They're stupid. Okay. Never mind. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> he said he took the whole month of December off and really only just started riding. And he's like, I'm not ready. I don't want to go there and do bad. So Yeah, but even was, still, he, he was – he did wasn't even at the race hanging out, you know. So, well, yeah, I know. Yeah, that I, is, listen, I, I know what Von Zipper paid him for goggles, so yeah, he should be at that at that expo. Oh, well, so. here's your answer. Yeah, where um, was I? Oh, okay. I got yeah. a question to ask okay. you guys. With the ten lapper, here's the thing: Stewart beats Villapoto in that race, but in a typical Supercross, you see that's halfway. Yes. So that's the whole thing. Like, if you want to get excited about it, but. If you, in Vegas there, went to the stands and said, let's put money down, there's 10 laps to go, mm-hmm. what's going to happen? I would think more people would still pick Filippota, right? I, I, would I, you know, uh, I think... Although James was pulling away at times. He J- didn't just ride him dirty and then fend him off, and then he sucked right back up on him. Didn't JT get in trouble? JT, didn't you get in trouble last year? Not trouble, but cause a little bit of conflict with saying Stewart was out of shape? Who was that? I don't think so. I couldn't figure out Stewart's fitness level last year because Jimmy, at, at times. Jimmy said it when Jimmy was in the place of JT. Jimmy Albertson said it? We had Jimmy on. Yeah, the Jimmy did say it. And, yep. on, and sometimes I thought, man, Stewart doesn't look in shape. Like he looks like his times drop. Other times I'm like, man, look at his times. They're good. He's on it. Like I couldn't figure out James Stewart's fitness level last year. Sometimes it was good. Sometimes you could see some drop off. You know? You want to know my. my... The biggest reason I think Ryan Villapoto crashed, and the same reason I feel he crashed last year at this event, is the million dollars. If you take the million dollars out of the equation, and Ryan just can't find a way by, and it's the white flag, eh, whatever. James got an eighth in the first moto, and I'm, not, I'm just not going to be able to get him this time. But I, I'm going one-two here. Third moto will be fine. I'll win the overall. No big deal. Right. But... When you put into the equation, I have to win this race or else, you know, it's kind of, I, I blew it. I just think that that raises the level he, of chances he's willing to take. And then, you know. Well, he was, when he did win the million dollars, he was very uh, vocal about how it wasn't a million dollars. <laughs> he was telling everybody, much to the chagrin of the folks that failed, that it was not a million dollars. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not get involving myself in that conversation. No, but you know what I mean, right? Like, <laughs> no, I'm aware of what you're talking he's about. Sure that he doesn't care. Um, speaking of Ryan Villapoto not caring, we did you hear about Raptor Gate on the podium? Oh, yeah. And like, <laughs> is that not just Ryan Villapoto? Like NFG Ryan Villapoto. What? Yeah, what, but I. I mean, what are you going to do, Ryan? Right, now when, that I think about it, it's yeah. pretty. It's a lot of beatings being handed out to the field guys. It's not really a million bucks. No. Page drops a second early, then it malfunctions. Well, look, Other Joker it, lanes a joke. Uh, uh, look, hey, Ryan, what, what do you what do you think you're going to do if you if you can hold shot all three motors and you win that Tundra? I'm going to trade it on a Raptor. <laughs> uh, RV, love it. Like, yeah, and then you know, I think he even crackled his little laugh that he's got. You know, yeah. oh man, guys, I think it's coming. Like, I wrote my column in the magazine last month about like. The public doesn't really get to see that Ryan Villapoto very much. I think maybe on your show and in your, your your podcast after the race a tiny bit, but it's it's night and day what we see from him behind the scenes and how funny he can be and opinionated, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And I think every rider, 
just look at Reed or look at Stewart. Like when they get older and they kind of learn what they can get away with, mm-hmm. that starts to come out. I just hope he sticks around long enough to see it because it really could be good. He's calmed down a bit since he got a talking to from Cowie after he told me to suck balls. Um, <laughs> they talked. They pulled him aside like last year or two years ago, and they're like, "Dude, can you just just not say to yeah. suck balls?" You know. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I thought that was awesome. Yeah, exactly. You got the starting gate fiasco, and then you got I traded in on a Raptor. <laughs> if somebody had won the million, they would have said the half million. <laughs> Ryan was even saying it in press conferences last year, and Emig, oh. I remember Emig saying, "Well, gee whiz, dude, it's still a lot of money. Why you got to be like that?" <laughs> <laughs> so, Which is uh, true, it's still a half. A million oh, I know, bucks. right? Like, <laughs> it's not a million though. Uh, hey, so uh, quickly or not, whatever. Um, but the twenty lap thing, though—that's what I'm saying. I'm yeah, not saying yeah. Stewart's fitness. I'm just saying I, yeah. you have to give Villapoto the nod. He's the best rider in the world right now. He's the three-time Supercross champ. If he's going to go one-on-one with anyone from lap 11 through 20, I think you still favor Villapoto. So before you get super mega fired up, oh Stewart, this season—I mean, remember any of those races were only half of a main event, and Villapoto wasn't that far behind. Um, did you talk to your JGR buddies? Have you? Yeah. Josh yeah. Grant. Can we get a Josh Grant report? Not very good. I have to admit, uh, surprised at, at how, um, you know, at least he gets, he gets his starts. So he's got some sprint speed, all that kind of stuff, but, uh, didn't see much from Josh Grant. No. And, um, when we said who would the, you know, three ten lappers favor, I, I guess I put Stewart at the top, mm-hmm. but, uh, I would say that it's the kind of guy that I don't know if he's necessarily going to win him, but his results would improve in mm-hmm. that situation. Mm-hmm. I'd be that type of guy because, um, yeah, he can go fast. Yeah. So, yeah, I was surprised it didn't work out very well. Plus, he was, oh, he's so much further ahead this year than he was last year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it wasn't very good. They straight up admitted that. There's some um, there's some battling going on right now with this new bike coming out with – and as you guys oh, I heard, know how I heard, word, I heard like some Yamaha. of this. I heard some of this behind-the-scenes yeah. stuff, yeah. Well, Yamaha – Still has a factory effort going. This isn't new. They they still had their employees, and they've still been making parts and testing, even though the factory team doesn't exist. Um, that's actually been the case for a couple of years, and this is the first year that it was an all new bike. So you're basically looking at several people in tandem or in parallel. So JGR is working on new bike stuff. Factory Yamaha is working on new bike stuff. I would imagine when the 250F really starts showing up, Star will be working on new bike stuff. So you basically have like several groups working. At the same time, on maybe different solutions to the same issues or whatever. So it's so early in the process right now. I, I think Grant rode more of a Yamaha than a JGR, if that even makes sense to people. Yeah. Uh, it'll probably iron itself out by the time the year begins. But um, it, it's just a weird situation with Yamaha. J-Bone. Not having a factory team, but they do kind of have a factory team. Yeah, you know things, wasn't, things weren't going that well when J-Bone really didn't want to talk after the race. When J-Bone doesn't want to talk, things are bad. Yeah, and I, I, honestly, what I just said, I don't even know if that's, like, horrible for me to put it out there. No, I, but, I, I just, you know. Yeah, I'm just, it's just for better or for worse, like, that's what's going down. I don't know if that's why the night was so bad or anything like that. But, um, but that's what happens. You've got a brand-new bike, and everybody's trying to come up with solutions, and they've only had a month to do it. I have a feeling it'll be straight when the races really start. JT, uh, BTO Sports, uh, KTM, Andrew Short, also not a good race for him. Uh, yeah, mean, it was okay. He just it was struggled. Okay. Yeah, it was um, okay. It just, just, yeah. 
Yeah, it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't uh, mm-hmm. definitely wasn't what he was looking for. So, any idea? Um, any ideas on why, or can you elaborate on that, or were you trail well, riding? I, or? I know he took some time off um, okay. after the season. He got uh, a couple things worked on, a couple procedures done. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he just said they they tested a bunch uh, after that, and in his uh, his interview after he said that they a lot of the changes they made testing wise. Uh, he just felt like they didn't really suit that track at all, so they were kind of searching all day for the right settings. Uh, on a normal Supercross track that's much tighter than that, he said they probably would have been a lot better, but uh, just given that that particular track, they weren't very good on setup. So. All right, okay. Um, Matt Gerke wasn't much better either. Uh, Weimer had a good first moto and then crashes after that. Hey, how about the how about the how about Zach Osborne? Jesus, Zach. Too much ISDE. Hmm. What do you know? Maybe someone was right when they said they shouldn't go there and do that stupid race. The Sunday Trail Rider is the one criticizing that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, Osborne had a bad night. No, no doubt about it. 21 20, 20. Uh, Os- uh, you know, Chris Blost wrote himself into the field, and I wanted to talk a little bit about the LCQ. Uh, there's some fast guys that didn't make it, JT. Jesse Nelson. Uh, Kyle Partridge always shines at that kind of stuff, although there were no whoops for him. Um, Austin Politelli. Politelli got a KTM ride and just pooped the bed. Um, the Jimmy Dakotas, the Ripa, good Supercross rider. Um, there were some guys that, like, legitimately fast dudes who didn't even make the night show. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, you take, uh, you know, we're looking at the, the lineup, and it's pretty stacked. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I remember the first year of Monster Cup, it was, Incredibly difficult. Uh, Wyndham almost didn't even qualify the one night. That's right. So, yeah. Um, oh. Yeah. So I, I feel that it was. Uh, that's good. I mean, a lot of guys wanted to come out and race it, and you know, I've seen years of U.S. Open when there was hardly anyone there. So it's good to see that much participation. What were you going to say, Weech? I forgot about the Paul Telly thing. Is that a big problem? Like, was that? Well, Once in life opportunities alone, or is it not I, really? Do you I, know any more about how that works? Yeah, I spoke to Roger um, for an interview for a German magazine, and I said, "Okay, so what's up with Politelli?" And he said, uh, "Well, his dad's always uh, always on me to give his kid a shot, and <laughs> this is a uh, this is a we know Roger he holds so much back. Um, he goes, uh, this is a one race chance for Austin. He's a good rider. There's no real money there, but if he does something." With this, this will convince some people to open up the budget and make some money up here. But as of right now, it's just a one-race deal. So I'm guessing, I'm guessing, I don't like a shot to be hired full-time as a teammate over there. I like Austin, though. He's talented. Why do you hate Austin Politelli? Oh, God, here we go. I like Austin. He's talented. I was very surprised that he did not uh, do very well at the race. Why don't you want to see him on Team KTM for right. 2014? Here we go. Here we go. Trying to start problems. The trail rider is start, trying to start problems. No, you were saying you don't like his chances, and he, you're saying he blew it and all kinds of stuff. I just trying to get to the bottom of why you don't like him. It's nothing to do with why I don't like him. I do like him. Good kid. Uh, just Roger said if he does well, it'll convince people to, to, to pay for it, pay for him to be on the team. So why don't you want him on the team? Oh, I'm fine with it either way. I'm good with it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I I think I think Austin's a talented kid. Um Canadian MX two champion, too, by the way. Um 
Malcolm Maybe Stewart. Problem. Malcolm Stewart. I never really noticed. Didn't have a good night, but I didn't notice Malcolm too much. I can't believe he had a crash in the second second one. race. Yeah. And didn't race the third, right? So yeah, I can't believe he's going to ride 250s again. I guess that's the only <laughs> ride out there. So there you go. The uh, Troy Lee guys were wearing seven gear at the race week. You see, see that? I did. I did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was trying to, I was looking at the pictures to figure out if they were running the Mav TV graphics or the Lucas graphics. And then what I noticed is the gear had changed. So I can't keep up. Did you make up with Cole Sealy yet, Wygant? Or did you, no. are you continuing no. to screw him over? <laughs> no, he said. No. No, no, that's not going to make Can up. we just click? I'm continuing to, I feel, mention him as warranted, uh, as I would have all along. Right. Um, I'm a little bit scared, though, because hanging out at the AIM Expo with RacerX virtual trainer Tim Kreitzer, mm-hmm. he mentioned to me that uh, he's like, yeah, I've been out in California working with these guys. He's like, one day I asked Cole Steele how many pull-ups he could do, and he jumped up there and he did 35 pull-ups like it was nothing. And he's like, yeah, it's kind of a weakness. I've got to work on it. And I'm like, 35 mother-effing pull-ups? <laughs> so I'm going to straighten myself out here and right. make up the Cole. Yeah, 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 I got it. Yeah, he, yeah you, need to, you, need, you need to mend that fence. I mean... You left him off with the West highlight package, you know? Yeah, that's not what the story was. Um, that's not what the story was. It was not a 250 West preview, but if that's what he and his agent think it was, right. uh, that wasn't what the story was. Um, I would say it was a story of there are traditional pocket passers like Peyton Manning, and there's new uh, mobile quarterbacks like RG3, and then Jay Cutler says, what about me? Right. Why didn't I get mentioned? That wasn't what the story was about. Sorry. It's okay. I mean, whatever. Just keep screwing over riders. Uh, okay. Politelli you blew it. Right now, right now, um, October 22nd, who finishes better at the end of 2014? Tomac, Roxon, or Barsha in the 450 Supercross track? Class. JT, who finishes I'll better? Th- I'll take Barsha. Weege. Yeah, I'm going to go there, too. Yep. Okay, I'm going to go Tomac. You're talking straight points, 17 rounds. Yeah, and of course, here's where JT goes, well, anybody can get hurt, which we know, and there's, but I'm just bench racing. So I think Roxon could be good, though. Roxon's a great starter, yeah. as is Barsha. Yeah. But that plays a huge role. All right. The field's deep. Feels deep, bro. That's what I heard. Uh, I think um, Roxon and Tomac could end up being faster. Than Barsha, but over 17 races, Barsha has always been pretty solid. Kind of the same thing with Stewart. Like you think of him as a wide open guy, but he's always been fairly consistent. So over Don't sleep on Barsha. He was solid at some supercrosses. Yeah. Um, I mean, there were there were races where he was straight up the best guy at that race. The um, let's quickly touch on the support classes. Um, J- JT, do you know what happened to the kid in the in the eighties that um, didn't race and it was fastest? What? Uh, wait, 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 wait. No, not on. sure. The only fast guy I saw was Austin Forkner, and he dominated those guys. No, never mind. Uh, Sean Cantrell. You mean, uh, Michael Moseman. Michael Moseman was the fastest qualifier. Sean Cantrell. I don't know what happened to Sean Cantrell. No. Okay. Uh, who won it? Falk Faulkner, right? Forkner, yeah. Forkner. No L. No uh, L. Yeah, he went 1-1. Um, 
Contrail did not race, so I don't know what happened to him. Uh, oh, and RJ Hampshire won the uh, amateur all stars, and then announced on the Pulp Show he has he's the next Geico kid. So that's cool. Good for him. Yeah, it's only for amateur right now, is what yeah, I was yeah, told. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about that pass he made on Chase Owen? Jace? Jace Owen. Jace. Yeah, Jace. It's a good um, thing you didn't announce the television show. What? It's a good thing you weren't one of the announcers on TV. <laughs> Listen, I'm it's barely... Chase Owen and Austin Faulkner. And... I, I am not an amateur <laughs> guy, but I would... I would uh, I would get to be an amateur guy if they put the tubby guy on TV. So. Um, RJ, well, I, yeah. I mean, it was obviously, it was obviously aggressive slash dirty or whatever you want. But I mean, if you're going to go in there after the race and say, "Yep, it was for the win," I did what I had to do. I took him out. Then, if you put your name on it and own it, mm-hmm. I, you know, I have a lot of respect for that. I hate when guys do dirty stuff. Whatever, and they're like, what? I don't even, I, what? Right. You know what I mean? Like, they don't even know what, what, I, I passed him. When did I even see that guy? Yeah. You know, yeah, that, yeah. I hate that kind of stuff. So. Right. Um, can anybody tell me why Thomas Covington has an outdoor ride with Pro Circuit and he was only able to go uh, eight, nine in the amateur All Stars? He should be better than that. He must, it's just a bad night, huh? I mean, He's going to be on Pro Circuit. Do we? Do we? Do we know that? Do we, I mean, that's what I heard. That's what I think. He, he told me that at Loretta's. That's what he told me. But not for not for Supercross outdoors or both outdoors. Yeah, yeah he's he's starting in May. Yeah, one hundred percent. He should be better than eight nine then. Correct. One would think. Okay. One would assume so. So that's yeah. not very good. That's, Mitch Payton needs he needs a uh, you know a big, powerful friends. He needs a big bounce back. Uh, yeah, but even powerful friends, we all know his dad's uh, high up at Monster. But even still, you have to make it happen, right? I mean, you I understand. To, yeah, I mean, yeah. he's going to get his shot, though. You know? Right, right, which is all I guess you can ask for, yeah. yeah. Um, actually, when you look at the Geico team, you have Zach Bell, Matt Bishaglia, Justin Bogle, and Zach Osborne. You're losing Tomac and you're losing um, Will Hahn. Definitely a little bit of a notch down from where their 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 powerhouse twenty thirteen team. Don't you agree, Weege? Yeah, um, and I think those other guys over there. I mean, Osborne's owned it. I'm sure if you talk to Bogle, he'll do it too. I mean, I think they know that that they're in a very. They really got to step up here. Yeah, Bogle is a huge question mark. There's no way you can pencil him in. I mean, he's got talent. He certainly certainly rebounded in the outdoors, but as of right now, I don't think you can pencil him and be like, oh yeah, he's in the top three. You know, I don't think you can say that. No, but I also think that at the end of the year, if he was, you wouldn't be shocked either. No, no, no. I agree. I yeah. agree. Yeah. But it's going to be, you know, you got Cooper Webb and Jeremy Martin, who I think could be top three, both of them, uh, in whatever course they're in. And Dean Wilson, Adam Cien Cirillo, I mean, Blake Baggett. You know, it might be Mitch's revenge. Cole Seeley, bro. <laughs> yeah, there's Cole Seeley, too. No, Sealy's going to be good, and yeah. Buscan, too. I yeah. mean, for sure, that's, you know, they had Barsha and um, Barsha and Tomac. That's a tough act to follow. Yes, yes, absolutely. And Kennard, shoot, Kennard before that. Um, Yeah, yeah, no, and Kennard, who is flying right now, I guess, at the test tracks and stuff. So, yeah, there's that. Um, Okay. Any- Hampshire work with um, Red Dog. You want to throw that in there? Oh, he does. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Timmy recognized the talent plucked them out, is molding them and shaping them. 
into a superstar. Don't worry about that. Um, His dad was really fast, actually. RJ's dad. Yeah, that's what I hear, right? Yeah. Um, Sister, too, right? Uh, yep. Marissa, yep. Wow. Uh, and then and then um, Jeff Myshak from um, Geico told me that he's giving up a very promising baseball career. Or he gave up a very promising baseball career to to become a motocrosser. He was a very good pitcher, I guess. Well, he's raced motocross his whole life, so. Yeah, but he took some time right. off. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Um, all right, anything else about the uh, 2013 Monster Energy Cup? Regardless of the Raptor comment, regardless of the starting gate fiasco, it was a terrific race. Fantastic. Excitement, drama. Um, guys missing Joker lanes, huge crash. I mean, the, the race was great. There's, there's no one walking out of that stadium on Saturday night thinking, you know, I didn't get my money's worth. Besides maybe Matt Byton. What happened to him? Uh, he got beat down in the stands. <laughs> so, he, he, was, was by Mike Mason? No, 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 not by Mike Mason. Uh, I don't know, by some, some dudes that he was mouthing off to or something. Uh, that's, you know, who knows what the story. But, he was uh, not able to step up? No. Matt Byton might be the only guy who was like, hey, man, I didn't think that was that good of a race. <laughs> it was right in, right in Ryder's seating, too. So, like, everybody saw it. And I saw a video of it and everything. I'll send it to you guys after we're done. Um, hey, I'm watching, I've been watching the TV show right now. And they had the KTM Junior race also. And as you know, Matt LeBlanc won. Um, we asked the parents at Loretta's. How are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Well, for, yeah, first is how are you doing? And then it was, so you're a fan of Friends, right? Oh, yeah. So that was done on purpose. Like it was just your last name is LeBlanc. You're having a boy. Let's just go for it. Wow. Ballsy. <laughs> yeah. Ballsy. Yeah, just do it. We have a once-in-a-lifetime chance. Um, I don't want to talk about that race. Evan Ferry went down on the triple. Big crash. Yeah. Didn't, didn't make it happen. You're looking for revenge from Zolder? Is that what you're doing? Liam Everett's didn't win either, though. So, got a third. Beaten by uh, La Piperosa, Matt LeBlanc. <laughs> the older one, a big motocross fan himself. I, I would any, any chance that Stefan claims that Liam was just trying to bring it home for his country? <laughs> Ride safe. Get on the podium for the country. I was prepared to file a protest as I believe Liam was breaking the KJSC rules of not being able to use your own sponsors. You know, you kind of got to, you kind of got to wear the Thor gear. You got to wear the Oakley goggles. Um, you kind of got to conform to what the sponsors of the program are. And Liam had a huge, massive Red Bull helmet. And it just, it just that is ATM sponsor. Yeah, but it's not a KJSC. I mean, I realize it would have been a touchy subject and maybe not a good chance of getting through, you know, but I was prepared to, uh, to pull that card. If he would have beat Evan Ferry, you know, like, are we professionals here? He's got a Red Bull helmet. What is he? Is he making money? Is this an amateur race? Is this a pro race? Oh. You know, all that. I'm not kind sure of if you realize this, but Stefan Everts works for KTM. No, I'm aware. Uh, I'm aware. I just like I said, I don't. I don't like my chances of it happening of pulling pulling through. But I was ready to pull that card out if need be in a desperate attempt to get Evan Ferry the win. So. He had a very beautiful Red Bull helmet. Liam Evers did. Stood up. You might uh, want to take that all the way to Congress. Yeah, really, Congress. right? Right. Thank, thank yep. you. Thank you. Yep. That shouldn't even be legal. There you go. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
when Eugene needed you there. So instead of some stupid motorcycle show, you could have been at the Monster Energy Cup helping with my legal problems. Uh, okay, anything else? Paul Bomex show presented by BTO Sports. Jesus. Uh, BTOsports.com, RacerX podcast uh, presented by Thor MX. Monster Energy Cup wrap-up. Anything? Speak now, forever, hold your peace. Uh, I think that's it. All right. Uh, um, are we going to do some more of these? We should maybe do one in a couple weeks or something. Talk yeah, silly these, season. Are, these are fun. We need to figure out a way. Yeah. More letters? Should we take more letters? Oh, I didn't like the tone of some of those letters. Well, we made the mistake of jumping on the wrong side of the two-stroke fence. That was a big mistake, I think, on our part. I'm, I'm waiting for, like, the angry the forks and pitchforks to be. Perhaps we ask the trail rider comment guy if he'd like to come on and debate and maybe maybe set up a race with him and JT, and JT can show him, you know, his trail riding speed. Like, hey, come on, get behind me, follow me. Yeah, I'm up. I'm up for it. Right, follow me through this. Follow me around this track if I'm a trail rider. <laughs> yeah, welcome all shit talkers. Uh, Step up. Right. One of my favorite comments uh, leading up to all the stories we had leading up to the race was because this two-stroke thing. I mean, it is an epidemic. I mean, it is out of control. A two-stroke thing. And one commenter said, "I'm really surprised with the you know wide open rules because remember they are allowed work bikes at this race." Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cal- Shockingly, no one has. Yeah, done Cal- it. Cowie had uh, all their data stuff on. So they technically took advantage of the rules. Yeah. Did they have the they had the L and M racing traction control? Mm, no. Well, not wheel sensors? Saw. Did they have wheel sensors? Not, I saw, not that I saw. I didn't see any wheel sensors, but I didn't look that closely. I was uh, um, eating some pasta at the truck. Yeah. Sorry. That's how they distract you. Um, yeah, yeah. The uh, one commenter said. I'm really surprised that none of the teams have built a works 500 two-stroke to go out and try to win the million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> you, they did not. You made that up. No, I can go back and find it. Nothing better on the slippery Las Vegas dirt than a 500 two-stroke. Hey, JT? I mean. Out there on the starting line. <laughs> you dropped just the cl- vibrating. The levers are just. <laughs> <laughs> you drop the vibrating. clutch and you just spin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only reason five or two strokes don't dominate is because the rules don't allow it. But otherwise, they are the ultimate. <laughs> what, was it Tim? <laughs> was it Timmy Coombs? <laughs> was that was the guy's name? T- Timmy C from Morgantown. <laughs> it was 88 Blackwater 100. That was the right, test. Right, right, right. <laughs> oh, fantastic. All right, guys, thanks very much. I appreciate it. Yeah, we'll keep these going at some point, and uh, uh, always a good time on the podcast. Uh, Monster Energy Cup, uh, please, please keep the Joker Lane. Bring us some 10-lap main events, and we'll all be happy. See you guys. Thanks. See you guys. This has been the BTOsports.com podcast show brought to you by Racer X. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take the money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself that's it you know and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of 
the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The Daughter Rhyme Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I had pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX on the iTunes Store to enjoy these and many more great podcasts. No,